like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair. What got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. Okay, let's go. I want to go back to that. We got super lost okay. in this whole like work-life balance thing. Big what singer. do you actually do now? Well, like, I what do, did so. you build? So I, the main thing I do most of my time is spent between coaching corporates, uh, so corporate businesses, how to sell on phone, in person, in email, and that leads naturally into things like marketing and uh, being a consultant, mostly to startups. So sure, some solopreneurs, but usually like 250 to, to a mil, um, maybe a couple of people, and that exciting space where they're like, hang on, we're actually getting traction. We've still got the exhilarating uh, excitement and idealism about it. And I'm making them just do it, uh, being paid for common sense, basically. You know, that's a bit silly. Do this a bit more. And a lot of people like, they like me to kind of keep them in check and uh, punch them in the face if they're getting lazy and, and mostly help them with the sales side. Because it, as, as you've found, no doubt, for startups and solopreneurs, it's very, very, very seductive a world of like, oh, I'll just polish my website today, or maybe I need to work on my brand and stuff like that. And it's like <laughs> buying, go and make some money. And so like helping people get that bit right, because that's the oxygen of the business after all. Totally. So it's the there, and it's also the coaching corporates. Um, and then for fun, I run the events uh, as well. So that's kind of my side thing. I love that. Yeah, no, I, because in corporate sales is siloed right? So one of the things I do in my marketing magic program is there's three phases. There's a foundation, which is kind of like branding and targeting. Then there's yeah. what I call the marketing piece, which is building your mm. assets and understanding promotion. And then there's the sales piece because mm. in a small business, it's integrated. You mm. got to hit a certain size, like seven, eight figure plus before you properly want to silo this. Yeah. And a lot of small businesses, they're like, oh, especially if they come from a corporate place, they just think they need to hire a salesperson or a sales team or sales something. And it's like, no, it's part of your marketing strategy. They've got to integrate. It is fully. I mean, and I came from a pure set. My first job, they were like, yeah, there's like this guy that does marketing, but, but really with sales. It was like, it was really without, without the dwarfs and strippers, the very wolf of Wall Street, bro sales, uh, phone based, which was wonderful when I was 22. Like it was the best thing. Hardcore, cold sales. It was cold calling, call CEOs and sell them five grand of marketing at a time where no one buys stuff online. So it was kind of hard to do, but I learned how to sell and it was totally separate. And even in the mid 2000s, they started getting a, a marketing team. It was like, what do they do? They like send emails or something. <laughs> and it was, it was really interesting. We we'll looked down on them and now it's like, oh God, if you do it right, it really makes If you do it right, the selling's a joke. Like one of my sales guys, when, when we started working together, he's like, we have this argument where he's like, well, marketing works for sales. And I'm like, no sales works for marketing. We're going back and forth. I'm like, listen, dude, you work for me. Okay. <laughs> sales works for marketing. It's so hard to do. I, I, I now, uh, I, I go aggressive on marketing and like, cause I get it. And, but there's like, there's the sales is, is kind of gently is like an undercurrent of sales in there. And the yeah. idea really is that the marketing allows it to kind of be a deal and me 
in the sales role is when it's just helping it over the line really and i feel like it's a nice place to be totally because uh, yeah, it's got to close the, the loop at the end one without the other doesn't work sales without marketing is just a huge uphill battle and marketing without sales is no money yeah marketing without sales is just chatting about what you do and then this massive brick wall because no one can buy anything because they don't know how that's Great the thing day. so yeah i think getting it right is an art and um i'm very lucky i think i'm quite uh, reasonably rare because a lot of people come at startups and, and entrepreneurship nowadays from a marketing angle and very much a content angle and they kind of back learn the, the sales and e-commerce side, side of things whereas i come massively from a close and sell angle and have learned to refine and be hopefully a bit more elegant than, than just uh, be in your face and close stuff off so i think it's a it's a fun world to be in because that it's very practical being sales focused. First. So can you give us some practical tips? What are some of your best sales tips that you give your clients? Just, you know, for free, give them out to us. Yeah, so I, th I think um, without question, a lot of people look at sales as I have to go and tell people about what I do. And actually what you need to think is a little bit more empathy for the people you're, as in the state they're in psychologically. And a key thing to understand about buyers is they, they're really simple people. They just, they just need to know what the win is for them. And one of the most important truths that people don't really get, because it kind of feels counterintuitive, is that um, selling is about explaining what the wins are for someone, not how your product works or what it is. Because buyers actually just want the magic. When you buy a Ferrari, what you're buying is attention, the feeling of success, you're not buying the fact that there's a particular type of stitching on the, on the steering wheel or where the fuse box is. But the problem is, when, especially those that make their own, uh, design their own services, they spend all their time building their mastermind course or whatever. They end up in this world where they're like, if I just tell everyone about every component of it, maybe they will, they will find it, they will see it as, it, as it, you know, through the same eyes as I do. But, but the truth is, they don't care, they need to have the end result. So the main four wins, I've shared this elsewhere, but the main four wins are make money, save money. The key one that's overlooked a lot is save time. So being, in, being convenient and things like that. But the, the biggest one, but almost most, most things we buy is look good or a variation of look good. You don't buy an iPhone X or whatever it's called uh, because you need a phone, you buy it to say, I have the ability to buy a thousand dollar phone. It's a flex. It's a status. It's a luxury thing. You buy it to look good. If you bought a Blackberry, you get laughed at. So you don't buy a Blackberry. <laughs> They're both phones. They still sell those? I didn't even know they still sold them. <laughs> it's true. So I think that's one of the most important things. And at the start, when you start interfacing with people as well, uh, one of the things I teach people a lot, which again is so simple but overlooked, is you need to take cues from the offline world. So I would be more likely to recommend someone to you for the services you provide because we couldn't start recording this podcast for 22 minutes because we were chatting lots and clearly connecting well. If I had gone straight in and, and like we'd missed all of that out, then there's not that kind of human connection. And we had actually interfaced in the way in which we probably would in the offline world as well, which is just be normal and don't have any kind of outward agenda at least. Obviously, in time, I might buy your services and you might buy them, but, but it's more the case that we're about building a good connection because that is a longer play, but it actually might lead to something useful. 
and going direct on trying to close someone isn't it requires immense volume you have to do it with thousands of people to get any kind of return and it's that's soul destroying that's not so cool so spending a bit more time chilling the hell out um you'll get your opportunity on the basis that you are a bit more normal and find something interesting and dare to read a profile or bother to read an author's book before you actually engage with someone you know so those kind of things really really matter i think the last thing i don't want i could go on all night but i think one other thing is that um the more simple something feels the more simple it is and a really good example of this is when we have a really nice chat with a prospect maybe we have a meeting or something is it's human and intuitive to want to help so we feel if we give a big proposal with loads of information we're being helpful but the truth is what we're doing to the buyer emotionally is conditioning them to feel oh hang on this is a really big decision now i better get barry in to look at it and i'll i'll get jenny in as well because you know she needs to check all this out and now the quick decision is a week later and now it's diary issues and and things never end up happening so until you're doing multi-million pound mergers if you're selling uh, this is more of a message to solopreneurs if you're selling a few grand of marketing or consulting like that should be a couple of bullet points in an email it doesn't need to be a formalized proposal because otherwise you'll from the sales perspective, you're coaching that person, this is a big decision and it needs to feel simple. That's not to dupe them or hide what you're doing. And there are some instances where a level of formality to a proposition is required. But if you look at it from them, from their perspective, psychologically, they want the solution, the win. They also want it to feel simple. So the feeling that you've got this and you've probably done it before and they're in safe hands and wow i don't need to do much work is a very good way of closing someone because they feel like they're going to be looked after obviously it's your duty to do so but um without going down the road of hiding vital information from someone you could, should keep it super simple it's stunning the amount of information that, that a buyer doesn't need to buy something um, totally. They just need to know, is it going to solve their problem? Yeah, and you could talk how. from today till tomorrow about how cool you are and all your testimonials and mm. all the different things you do and all the awards you've won. And no one cares. Like this is foundational Dale Carnegie. No one cares. Exactly. They just want to know what they're going to get. Like we do one page proposals actually. So it's That's funny that you say that. And I just tell my clients, like my time is valuable. So is yours. Mm. I'm, I'm not trying to diminish what we're doing here, but I'm going to send you one single page that outlines the yeah. whole thing. I don't think yeah. it needs to be longer than that. And I did yeah. it for like the first time I did it for a really big contract for a really big company. I got nervous because right. I know that what everyone else sends is a workbook, you know, mm. <laughs> like a oh, 10, 20, 30 page. Exactly. Yeah. And, and this was like, you know, it was a couple of years back, but it was like, it was a big company and it was a big contract. And I'm like, I'm going to send you one page and yeah. cause I'm like, I'm not going to change. Like, this is how I do it. And I don't need to put it on more. And I mm. sent it and I got crickets and I was like, great. Okay. I lost it. Whatever. Okay. Almost a year later. Wow. Okay. They come back to me. They say, Esty, um, I don't know if your pricing still the same or the deal is still the same, but we want to go with you. You sent us a proposal ages ago. We knew immediately we wanted to go with you. 
we loved how simple your proposal was, but the whole thing got shelved. And so no one ever got back to you. Talk about playing it cool, but yeah, that's awesome then. <laughs> they came back to you then. They came back and I worked with them and I got the deal and I, I increased the price because a year later it was more expensive and I still sent and they, it on one they page. they basically given you a license to do that by Yeah, they basically were like, we don't really care like what you charge. <laughs> like you put it on one page, everyone else put it on 30, we like you. Like <laughs> Absolutely. And the thing that there's, there's, I, I wish I could remember where it was. I read it years ago. The science shows that about 8% of all people care about the detail underneath the bonnet. So for instance, go back to the Ferrari analogy, 8% of people will actually not just buy that Ferrari for what it is, it's they're actually like, yeah, but, but where did that leather come from? Or like, I wanna know <laughs> like how, what, tell me about the guy that made, you know, the enthusiast and things like that. So some people actually do care. Some people won't buy an iPhone because they care about the chip and the type of RAM in it and like, like, but if you go uber geeky, then, then that stuff matters. But in the main, people buy for, for the win in the end. And Because um, there's many it, more there's emotional buyers than intellectual buyers, for sure at the lower levels. And even at the higher levels, you know, uh, one of the things we teach is um, intellectual versus emotional selling. Um, even at the intellectual level, it's still just the basic information they need to make the decision of, does this do what I want it to do? Well, yeah, because the truth is the intellectual part of the brain doesn't get accessed unless the emotional part says it's going to be allowed. If you see, if you uh, kind of humanize it, the emotional center, the one that's like, do I like you or not? That judgment, that's the gatekeeper and the decision makers, that logic center. It doesn't even go near. It's like, is it a, the classic thing is, is it a threat? Can it help me win or am I indifferent to it? That's the emotional center. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't make it uh, like, let me rephrase it. If, if, if it's indifferent, if it's like, oh, this is a waste of time, then the logic center won't get any of it. If it's a threat, it's like, well, I, alar alarms go off, logic center comes in, the thinking part of the brain goes, how do I deal with the threat? Or if it's a win, can I look good? Can I win in some way? Then again, it's allowed access to it. But you understanding the way the brain receives people and information to critical to getting your sales and marketing right and that's totally. fun part. I enjoy behavioral dynamics like that no i love it yeah i always learned it as like towards away or neutral right it's the same thing yeah. it's like is this something yeah, i want to like your your limbic brain like your your core like emotional animalistic brain the initial reaction is just one of those three options there's nothing else yeah. it's like yeah. i want to come towards this thing i want to get away from this thing mm. or indifferent yeah <laughs> and, and that's the and only three choices and, and people go, no, 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 because, you know, this is a very intelligent person. They're very, you know, logic focused. Sure. But they still made the emotional decision first based on something. And it might. And, and it's because and their babysitter when they were five years old looked just like that. And she was so nice Absolutely. to them. And so they're totally going to close this deal. And this is the thing. And, and this is what, back to what I was saying earlier, like it's, it's, it's important nowadays to understand that that is very practical to be social. It's practical to go to your LinkedIn local events. It's practical to be a decent person. It's practical to do a podcast like this because there'll be some people possibly in your audience who are like, Richard seems like an all right guy. I might choose to follow him. And then you get, you know, three people who are like, he's an all right bloke. You know, it doesn't matter about the rest because you're trying to just constantly bring people into you who are like you. And, and because the whole world's online, we can win with that in, in the marketing sense. Totally. So you really get it, right? Um, you know your stuff. You built this whole business. What do you still struggle with now? 
It's a really good question. And um, I want to pivot into my event side because I, there's an element of this I'm really struggling with. Um, so this is something people might be able to help with. Um, the short version is the events are networking events, a bit like your LinkedIn locals. They have three speakers on a topic. They stream live to my group online uh, so that people all around the world can watch. And then after about an hour of talking, then there's an hour of networking as well, usually out of WeWork. So they're all over the world. And the really nice thing about them is all money raised because now we've pivoted to a model where it's you can donate when you grab your ticket, which is free. It used to be paid, but now it's free. You can donate all money goes to a local charity. So like last year, we raised $5,000 for local charities, helping people who are homeless or youth in education, stuff like that. It's really cool. The problem I have, I had to give that back, that, uh, that context. The problem I have is that I have, I'm only one man. And so there's quite a bit of bottleneck when I'm organizing all the events. And they have the ability to do real good in the sense that genuinely, they, I, I've heard so many wonderful stories from the charity partners that we put front and center, you know, we are, have them speaking at the, at the event saying, this is where this money has gone. Like, this is what it will be achieving. Um, that it's criminal to not have this uh, event series be picked up by other people and, and to run with it. So we tried a bit last year. We had probably five events. Patrick, a friend, uh, uh, ran one in LA. So with me not there, he ran the event and we've done it within Melbourne and Toronto and Ottawa and, and somewhere else. And the idea is to have these events so other people can do it. But my struggle is getting them to a place where people are like, I want to do one. I get it. I understand the format. I'm just going to go do it because you don't need any money. You just need to find a venue, tell people about it and give the money to charity if they pay. And, and uh, my thing at the moment, possibly it's a bandwidth thing is, moving from well it probably should have richard there or richard needs to be there to kind of orchestrate it to like getting out the way and i don't want it to be about richard it's not the richard moore show at all it's you know it's it's like a it needs to thrive and become way bigger than i ever might be you know because i feel it can really do good sure it helps people learn yes it's nice for people to hear from speakers but it can drive money into local charities and i think that's a really decent thing so moving from uh, this thing that only happens if we talk like me or a host talks actively about it to it becoming more of a movement where people, I suppose a bit like a LinkedIn local. It's like, I need to do an event. I'll do a LinkedIn local that that kind of trigger needs to happen. So I don't know how to get it more to the masses other than keep talking about it and pick away bit by bit. But I feel that that growth is so slow. I wonder how we might do it differently. So one of the things, wait, I'm first going to absorb. I always, you and I discussed this because we're both nuclear visual processors. It's like, yes. okay, I already heard everything you said five minutes ago. Like I'm already with you. I'm already 15 steps ahead. I was fleshing out way too much for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I just have to pause and, and just like first like reflect and respond <laughs> before mm. diving in, um, which is first of all, congratulations. That's amazing. Yes. Thank you. Um, it's the coolest thing. And yeah, guys, like we hosted one. I, I hooked um, Richard up over here in our WeWork over here in yes, La Brea, in LA. Um, got it set up by way of the awesome Patrick Ward, who is my co-host of LinkedIn Local LA. So that's kind of those references. And Andrew Helms was there as well, who you know well. Yeah, who's also another one of our, our co-founders, yeah, um, <laughs> of the LinkedIn Local LA tribe. Um, and uh, yeah, so first of all, congratulations. It's amazing. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's first off. And, and to even just desire to get it to go beyond you, like just kudos, right? Because you already got so Thank much you. going on. You've got a family, you've got a business, then you've got this thing. You've got a lot of stuff that you do for free guys. Richard, we'll, we'll talk about it probably at the end, but he does like a free show every week live mm-hmm. online. Um, lots and lots of stuff. Um, that said, I'll tell you my initial thoughts that I mm-hmm. didn't already have seven minutes ago. Just getting to them now, <laughs> um, which is that this grew beyond what you originally thought it was. Oh, it did. So yeah. it's misstructured and misbranded. Mm. You call it Entrepreneur Business Live. Yeah. Right? That everyone that, knows it as EBL or Entrepreneur Business Live. Right. Yeah. But all that is, is Richard's business event. And mm. then you've added on this piece where proceeds go to charity. Mm. It's like this weird conglomerate of what it grew into. Yes. That doesn't yeah, yeah. have an essence that speaks to a specific group in any way. It's like, it right. only speaks to people who know you, who've met you. And so it lives and dies on you. Mm. To make it independent, you would give it a new name and a new identity, which right. would be something like, um, you know, um, not be good, do good, but the idea of, you know, kind of like, you and, and it's this is so popular now, mm. right? And it wouldn't be just the name, it would be the whole essence of what it is, would yeah. be about, you know, you benefit and so does somebody else at the same time. Like right. learn, grow, contribute, grow mm. others. Like this whole like win, 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 win. Toms, those socks. I can't remember what yeah. they're called, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, these brands that the essence of the brand. Mm. The win-win. You get shoes, they get shoes. You get socks, they get socks. I forgot yeah. the brand, but you guys all know what I'm talking. The brand that donates socks to homeless people when you buy them. Um, yeah, I think that could be more explicit and, and something of uh, you know, it's called Entrepreneur Business Live. But then there's not like that strap line underneath or that flavor. And I, I explain it plenty, but that requires me to explain it. And right, I might even quiet. switch what it's called. Mm-hmm. What again? Because you got to go back. What is the essence of this? And and go into your sales thing. Because you already said all the answers. You just weren't. Because this is yours. And we, it was, I. this is why I have coaches and mentors all the years. Because I only mm. know the answers for other people. Yeah. Um, when you look in the mirror, it's much harder. But yeah, yeah. you said there are four main wins. Why is this not necessarily spreading? It's not clear what the win is for any of the players. Okay. Right? So it's, you want people. So again, and you might have to go a little more corporate. So if I were to structure this, again, didn't think about this at all 10 minutes ago already, just getting to it now. But if I were to structure this, you'd still be at the tippity top. You'd have a PA that basically deals, or, or just a VA that deals with the entire thing, that that's their job. And they're an hourly worker and they're you know paid per work, um, mm. anywhere from an hour to five hours a week, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and they deal with all the technicalities and then you'd have regional managers, quote unquote. Mm. You know, so let's say take Patrick for like kind of the, the Southern California area and you'll get a person who's your main person in Melbourne and yeah. you'll have local people who are the central and kind of what they do is in addition to helping host events, maybe they will help find the people to host events, help hook up with the charity. So you start to spread the chain a little bit. Um, yeah. And once the brand is so clearly identified as like, wow, each of these business events, like we learn and grow. We like the hosts, you know, grow their name again. What's the win for each player, right? So the win for the regional manager is 
they get to do good and they get to contribute and their mm -hmm. name looks great as you know regional manager of this movement that you've created yeah. um, entrepreneur business live doesn't sound like a movement no offense um, right. and then the the local people who host they get top billing to this huge network that you're doing mm. um and they look really good you know and they get this whole feature um yeah. and and they get to do good so they're they're yeah. buying into a thing whereas now it's like yeah i've been doing this thing and it's cool do you want to do one i don't know maybe <laughs> okay. yeah no i, I get I'm, I'm glad that i'm glad you said the, these things because the last couple of months um i started appointing people so Dan yeah, so you're already on track yeah, well, it's, I'm just impatient, I think, is the thing. So, for instance, Alison Fisher ran the third New York one last year. And um, that was the first one there where I was like, well, okay, I'm not there. She curated the whole thing. And we're speaking next week about her doing the next New York one, which is, and so it is happening. I suppose uh, probably the answer to this is, is mostly just be a bit more patient because it only started like a year and a half ago and we've already done like 25 events. So it's kind so that's of that's already, yeah, it is a little bit yeah, more patient, but I think patient. you know also that you're hitting walls. It's not just the patience thing. If mm. you were seeing it steadily grow and it was like yeah. really working, I think you'd have the patience. Yeah. Again, let's say just in theory, let's say it was called something like business choices. Right. Right. The business choice movement where right. you every event you learn about how to make the best choices in your business and you choose a charity to right. contribute to like some kind of. And again, that was a little kitschy, but you get the I idea. Yes. OK. Where it centralizes and people know what this is and they know what they come for and it hits a certain audience. Mm -hmm. And uh, and again, millennials. Uh, who doesn't like something that's win, win, win? We're like, of course, yeah. Yeah, and and like, oh, I'm a I'm a better person for coming to this business event than the other business event because this yeah. one contributes <laughs> to well, a charity. I, well, I think there's, I think, I think the takeaway here is there's probably value in being more explicit. There's the, the three main wins are you're helped if you're there, so in person, live, and the charity component as well. So because there's the live stream and there's the charities, and and that's a really nice feeling. Like 500 people went to events last year, and 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 they were saying things like. And this is the nice thing, all the, all the hosts and the speakers are like, hell yes, I want to get involved, which is a lovely thing. But what's really great is that people are like, wow, I'm here and I'm learning. And, and simultaneously, people who have no idea this is going on are, are getting a bit of money out of it. And, and right. you know, that's really good. So there's two more pieces that will make this, mm. it'll hit 5K this year at a minimum. 2020 yeah. will be 5,000 people attending minimum. Mm. Piece number one is you need a no-brainer turnkey solution right. and not the size of the mcdonald's manual but like right. here's what you need to run the event like uh, like event almost in a box right here's the files here's the, logos, here's the script paper, so on one side of paper yeah so it might need a couple like more pages okay <laughs> like, yeah i know but the idea was i was like notionally here's the um the crib sheet if i was going to franchise it because originally exactly. it was a commercial model so i can yeah so I've that's the that. starting point and then you'd have a page for so you want to run an event here's your wins right so page one is a sales page okay yeah. page two is like here's your first easy wins right this is gonna happen this is gonna happen oh i could do that here's how you set up an event right screenshot 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 oh i could do that that's easy yeah. you know because you need someone who's at least moderately tech savvy yeah. um and then it's like okay you need a location and here are four suggestions for locations that will almost always host your event for free yeah. we works spaces regis da -da 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 -da. you know the yeah. co-working spaces that are pretty much all over the world um, and here is the link to get the phone numbers that you can call, right? Yes. Like 
brainless, 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 brainless. Yes. I was <laughs> smiling because, because it's like, it's all done. And like, it's the hilarious thing is like the domain names are all sitting there. And the irony is I've not done them because I've been busy running events, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, but I think, I think the, the solution is really simple. Get a VA to actually do, to, do to the put, whole thing. That was yeah, the first thing I've done, I've done all of the work, this work, the manual's kind of written as well as this like one page on that. I just yeah. need someone to, uh, to, to execute. Uh, otherwise oh, I'll look. never get round to doing all. That's the problem, I suppose. Right. And, and the I last mean, piece, I'm going to give you one more. The movement piece comes with the follow-up. You have a mass list centralized of all the attendees mm. and an email's going out even just once a month. Yeah. Starting with the wins and the charities and the cases. Yes. And then some of the learnings and the upcoming events. Boom, okay. done, movement off. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's kind of thing. So I have a researcher who does my weekly newsletter. Obviously, we talk about the events in that, but I think if there was one- Now, this is a separate thing just for these attendees. Yeah. Because again, you want to start a movement. Mm. Movements are very focused around an ideal. And the more specific and tangible that ideal is, the better it is. Mm. And so, you know, if you want to get even deeper into the niche, it's like, listen, you know, we are so much out for our own gain. Let's yeah. make sure when we gain, someone else gains. And it's this win-win yeah. concept for people who already feel selfish because they grew up in this like plastic world and, and, they, and, and as humans, we need to contribute. And so yeah. they already have this feeling of selfishness. So you are solving their existential crisis of being selfish by handing them this and then yeah. constantly feeding them that just by having attended one event, they're part of this community of all these amazing givings. None of the rest of your stuff. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, uh, something of a newsletter would be kind of intelligent uh, because that message is often given out, like the support, even if you like to post, you're actually contributing to potentially someone seeing it, which turns into a donation. I That's think. how yeah, you start uh, to build it. makes sense to do a newsletter as well. I, I think What's I just on? need to get another VA. <laughs> you do, you know, you need a full, a VA whose only job is this because it's going to grow yeah, into a full-time job. Just on, just on this only. Just on um, this. Because otherwise, it, it, if I didn't do anything, it would pretty much die. Um, even though there are some amazing people who are like, I will naturally go and build like Heather running Atlanta next month is crushing, doing it all herself. Brian in Miami on, or in April is doing it pretty much on his own. But um that's two. And it, you know, there, there won't be that many more. Otherwise it should be 20 a month, you know what I mean? So, um, uh, yeah, I, it needs to be someone else's job because I can't, I'm only one man. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And you're maxed, but as I'm long maxed. as you're the brains and the energy behind it, it's going to fly. We're going to, we're going to chat this. next year and you're going to tell me how you hit 5,000 attendees or maybe 15 in 2020. Well, yeah, it's a nice, uh, be a nice target. Actually. I think it's very realistic. It's just, um, it's one of those things where you, you can't keep your eye on all balls at the same time, I suppose. But, uh, That's what staff are for. Yeah. It's just fun to, <laughs> it's fun to explore it as well. You know, like the new format or a new location, things like that. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a good thinker. Thanks. It's quite useful. Totally. All right. We, we could keep chatting for hours. I, I know. I really want to come and, uh, and say hi. But if you're in London soon, then we'll, um, we'll shoot a vid or something as well. That sounds fun. Yeah. That'd be I should good. Be they do a lot of video night. anyway. I should do a, um, uh, there you are, I've done a screen grab and you can go on Instagram, but we should do a video at some point too. That'd be good fun. <laughs> we can do that also. Um, but before we do that, let us tell everybody where they can find you. 
Yeah, I think a good place to start is LinkedIn. It's where I'm very um, active. So uh, I'm forward slash in and then forward slash Richard James Moore. Um, Richard Moore was taken. I've got a very common name, it appears. Um, I could have gone Sir Richard, couldn't I? But I don't think that's <laughs> a little over the top. If you go to uh, therichardmore.com and scroll down, all my channels are there. So Facebook and Instagram and so on. Or just email me, richard at therichardmore.com and I can uh, uh, happy to speak to people, no problem. Love it. Okay, guys, I'll put all those links at sdrand.com slash 89. Um, and also a summary of this episode and some of Richard's top tips will be there. So estierand.com slash 89. You'll find everything about Richard. So at the end, I actually like to surprise my guests. I didn't warn you about this. Um, okay. <laughs> you look scared, guys. You look scared. It's not a big deal. I like <laughs> to ask you for a quote. A quote. Because I love quotes and I find that they're just a great way to wrap things up. Can be your favorite one of all time, but it doesn't have to be. Ah, okay. Let me think very quickly of a quote. Um, Life is long if you know how to live it. Uh, words to that effect by my favorite, uh, from my favorite book of all time, which is Seneca's On the Shortness of Life. That is very cool. Life like is long that. if you know how to live it. And I, I'll tell you what I always find with the quote, it always symbolizes kind of everything we've said and everything of like who you are. Like this is so much your story. Yeah, you pick the one that kind of resonates and that's a, an, an unconscious thing, I think. I, I see yeah. what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Amazing. Okay, guys, you know someone who needs to hear this. I know you do. Whether it's the whole work-life balance piece because you know someone who's a night person who's feeling guilty about it and they need more of these productivity tips or someone who needs to learn the cool sales tips that Richard gave us, share this episode with them. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, it's everywhere. Just send them the link, estirand.com slash 89, E-S-T-I-E-R-A-N-D.com slash 89. I kind of made it a no-brainer for you. And mm -hmm. share the love, share the light, subscribe, duh. And we'll catch you next week. Richard, thank you. Oh, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Really good to meet you. You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with SD Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?